campers, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our mystery in a moment. I want to thank all of our supporters. If you would like to continue to see us grow, please make sure you hit the subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. The best way to support us is to share our podcast with friends and family. Thank you for all of our supporters. And now, let's throw another log on the fire, campers. It's time for a new mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder. And with us, as always, is our storyteller and journalist who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories with the Acker Beaker Journal, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. Procter & Gamble is one of Ohio's most cherished and venerable companies, established in Cincinnati as a soap and candle maker 185 years ago. According to one source I found, it's the fifth oldest business in the entire state. Though, to be honest, I was shocked to learn there was anything older. They survived the 19th century, the 20th century, and into the 21st century by adapting in ways both large and small. A decade ago, one change they made almost went unnoticed. It was a little adjustment to their logo. They took their letters, P and G, and put them in a blue circle that included a light blue sliver of moon on the left side. To be honest, you probably wouldn't have even noticed if I hadn't told you. But it was important to them, a quiet little nod to a legacy that P and G had been forced to give up. For more than 150 years, their logo had been an image of the man in the moon looking out over 13 stars. That logo served them from the 1850s until 1995. What ended it were fanatics who had spent more than a decade insisting the emblem was a secret sign that company executives worship Satan. It was an urban legend that persisted so intensely during an era widely known for its satanic panic that the company had little choice but to remove it in order to end the public relations nightmare. It's nice to see the company took it back in some form. Tonight, we revisit the reason they had to give it up in the first place. P and G refer to the last names of William Proctor and James Gamble. William Proctor was an immigrant from England who established himself as a candle maker in Cincinnati. It was a perfect profession as it took advantage of the fat and oil byproducts from the city's large meatpacking industry. Sadly, his move to Ohio began with a tragedy. His first wife took ill during their trip down the Ohio River, and she died shortly after arriving in the Queen City. Meanwhile, James Gamble came to Ohio from Ireland and apprenticed himself to a soap maker. Soap was another product that relied on the byproducts of fat and oil. And here's a crazy coincidence. Gamble was 16 when his family moved to the U.S. and began a journey to Illinois where they intended to settle. 
But James became violently ill on the trip down the Ohio River. His parents took him ashore in Cincinnati, and by the time he recovered, they decided to stay. The only reason Proctor and Gamble met was because they married a pair of sisters, Olivia and Elizabeth Norris. And it was their father, Alexander Norris, who said, hey, you guys are competing for the same raw materials. You should go into business together. And that's exactly what they did, forming Procter & Gamble in 1837. The company's original and unofficial logo was simply a star. It came about because that's how barge workers would mark the crates that contained the company's star candles. By the 1850s, P&G decided to formalize the logo, and it grew into 13 stars, an homage to the original 13 colonies. They also added a moon. It was a symbol of how the company's products could serve consumers throughout all the phases of their life. The logo changed a bit over the years. The man in the moon began as a silhouette, In 1882, he was given a smiling face, and the emblem was officially trademarked. In 1930, the man in the moon grew a beard and head full of curly hair. It was that hair that became a sort of ticking time bomb, completely harmless for 50 years, until someone decided to read more into it in 1980. It was the beginning of the Satanic Panic, a period that lasted nearly two decades and gripped the country through thousands of unsubstantiated reports about Satanic rituals and witchcraft and the occult. P&G was an early victim. The first sign of trouble for the company came in March of 1980 when the Minneapolis Tribune ran a story headlined, Rumor Giving Company a Devil of a Time. The man who saw a sinister symbolism in the Man in the Moon logo was Jim Peters, the music director at the Zion Christian Life Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. Peters belonged to a group that had been encouraging people to burn their rock and roll albums. Peters claimed Procter & Gamble's logo came from an Egyptologist book called Amulets and Superstitions, and that it was associated with witchcraft. People took that idea and ran with it, expanding to say company profits were being used to support the Moonies, a church accused of being a cult. Back in Cincinnati, the company filled in a couple of hundred calls from concerned consumers back in Minnesota and tried to reassure them that they were not Satanists. To the media, P&G responded, This is the kind of rumor we can't do anything about. People will believe what they want to. The rumor did not go away. If anything, by 1982, the hoax had grown, and now the allegations were getting very specific. They said the curly hair on the PNG logo, where it twisted at the top and bottom of the moon, 
looked like the horns of the devil. And there were three curls in his beard that looked like three backward sixes. Six, 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 of course, is the mark of the beast in Christian theology. Among the lies that took root and spread were that Procter & Gamble's president had appeared on the Phil Donahue show and had admitted he belonged to the Church of Satan. Over the years, the telling of this particular story changed as to the year it happened and the talk show it aired on, but it persisted. P&G tried fighting back with lawsuits against a number of people who were circulating flyers calling for a boycott of the company. And in Cincinnati, headquarters was fielding 12,000 calls and letters every month. The company attempted an aggressive public relations campaign, specifically on the West Coast, which had grown into its biggest problem area. But it moved over to the East Coast as well. In 1985, leaflets began circulating around New York City, claiming P&G was in league with the devil. By the 1990s, What had started as religious fanaticism was becoming a business opportunity for some. Amway was a company who used third-party distributors to sell its products. And some of those distributors had resorted to aggressive sales tactics, including telling people that P&G Profits supported the Church of Satan. P&G sued Amway. It took more than a decade for that lawsuit to make its way through the justice system, but eventually P&G won a nearly $20 million judgment. Back in 1991, Procter & Gamble had tried to calm everyone's fears by removing the curls from their man in the moon and giving him a more streamlined appearance. When that did little to stop the storm, they eliminated their beloved logo altogether. In 2013, the world hopefully restored to some level of sanity. The company added that simple moon shape to the side of their logo. No face, no curly hair, no stars. P&G has survived a worse, of course. You can imagine the depressions and recessions, the product issues and controversies that have happened over 185 years. The company has come through it all. Today, it's a publicly traded global institution with an annual revenue of $76 billion a year and nearly 100,000 employees around the world. You no doubt will recognize them by their brands, Bounty, Crest, Always, Pampers, Loves, Tide, Downy, Gain, Febreze, Dawn, to name just a few. What you may not know is they were also the reason for the term soap operas. In the 1930s, they produced and sponsored the first radio serial drama, And since P&G was best known at that time for its ivory soap, the serial was called a soap opera. The term transferred to TV later when P&G created the first television serial. 
and went on to produce some of the most famous soap operas, including Another World, As the World Turns, and Guiding Light. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news, clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com. And we'll see you here next week for another episode of Ohio Mysteries. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.